Welcome to Lupkin's Locks. This is Reed Lupkin, your host. Uh, Lupkin's Locks is provided by SportsMe. Go and download SportsMe to battle and debate with anyone on fantasy football and sports betting. This is your host. Uh, here to welcome my guest, Max. Max, how are you doing? You know what, Reed? I'm doing great. It's all my favorite sports coming together at one point. You got Christmas Day basketball. You got week 16 of the NFL. It's a great time to be alive, honestly, Reed. If you haven't yet, also make sure I'll remind you at the end of the podcast, but make sure to follow the For the Win podcast. Max works for them. Very, we've had them before. They're very good. Just, just swing a fall. That's all I got to say. All right, let's, let's get to it. Let's so we're going to start with our starts and sits. My two QB starts, Jalen Hurts versus Dallas. Dallas ranks 21st or the 21st worst against opposing QBs. Hurts has been going off. He has an easy rushing floor. And that Dallas defense is very beatable. They've been a little impressive as of late, but they're still allowing people to run all over them and put up at least garbage time points on them. And I think Hurts played even better than expected against a solid Arizona defense. My next one, Baker Mayfield versus the Jets. The Jets rank, uh, they're the third worst team defending opposing quarterbacks. Baker's been on a roll. I don't see that changing. He's going to want to go off to – he just had a – they're going to be back in MetLife, but – so sort of familiar ground, even though that doesn't matter, does matter. Uh, but Baker's – Baker's just been on a roll. I would continue – I would play him. Max, who do you have in mind? I love Baker. I absolutely love Jalen Hurts. That rushing floor that you talked about, it's absolutely there. You saw it in the first game versus the Saints. I believe he had already 100 rushing yards in that game in his first yeah. start, which to me is ridiculous. That just kind of proves his uh, uptick in fantasy points. Because if you think about it, 100 rushing yards, that's almost as good as 200 passing yards if you're in that uh, .4 scoring. Because you get a point every 10 yards. His rushing floor is absolutely insane. And like Reed said, the Cowboys defense is absolutely one to pick on. And I'm going to go with my QB start. It's going to be Tua versus the Raiders. It's a great matchup. I think Tua's really proven himself, maybe not to be the best fantasy starter, but he's really consistent. It's a great matchup. I do think that he'll have a lot of good opportunities to pick apart this Raiders secondary. Yeah, they might also try to get him in rhythm right before the playoffs. Exactly. My quarterback sits Big Ben versus Indianapolis. Indy's top 10 against opposing quarterbacks. Big Ben has also been incredibly unimpressive. I don't know what's wrong with the Steelers. They're unable to run the ball. Their wide receivers keep on dropping balls. Juju keeps on doing TikToks, even though he stopped. But Big Ben, I would fade this week. Just not reliable. And I would also fade Teddy Bridgewater. I absolutely agree. The Steelers offense, who knows? Maybe when Juju stops dancing on the logo, it will be a nice turnaround this week. But I definitely think that it's a difficult week for them to break out against the Colts. It's a great defense, run and pass. They really get to the quarterback a lot. So 
definitely fading Big Ben. And I'm not saying you should sit this guy. I'm definitely saying temper your expectations. Russell Wilson versus the Rams is a concerning matchup in the finals for me. He did not play well last time. Both of his wide receivers got shut down. It was a close game, but their running game kind of picked it up. I don't know if Russell Wilson is going to be the answer to your fantasy football championships this year, Reed. I don't think so either, and he also hasn't been as consistent as of late. He didn't have that great game, that great of a game against the football team. Does the Jets game really count though? Like, we're talking about Um, the worst team in football, but yeah, the Rams are. I think the Rams are. They're one of my picks, but they are very, very mad about last week's loss to my Jets. I think they're going to try to rebound. And also, Russell Wilson doesn't do well against good uh, good defensive lines. That's yeah. why he struggled last week against Washington. That's, that's why he struggled. Say. That's why he struggled in prior games against good D lines or against the Rams earlier. And yeah, uh, I forgot to say with Bridgewater, he's also facing. He's facing the football team. Oh, absolutely. I don't think he was. I don't think he was that impressive last week either. I mean, he could have gotten uh, another six fantasy points, but he put the ball into the other team's hands instead of putting the ball over the goal line. Maybe my my over would have covered for that game, but who knows? It's always tough, Reed. It's always tough. Can't really predict this stuff all the time. All right, my running back starts. My first one, Miles Sanders versus Dallas. Once again, picking... I'm picking against Dallas's defense. Their one main re- weakness is running the ball. What have the Eagles been able to attack against or really been emphasizing since Hertz has been put in the lineup? Running the ball. That's why I like Sanders in this matchup. I also, also part of it is the fact that I think last week they sort of had to abandon the pa- or abandon the running game because yeah. Arizona's getting back on track. Ever since that Giants game, I think they flipped the switch and now they're getting ready for a nice end of season run. I don't know if they're making the playoffs or not, but Miles Sanders, I definitely like in this spot. Dallas's offense isn't explosive enough. Yes. I think the problem with Miles Sanders over the past couple of games it's actually been Jalen Hurts. You've been told, you know, the zone options are going to help him. Jalen Hurts is keeping the ball and then going 30 yards with it after he takes it away from Miles Sanders every time. So that's definitely a factor in it. But if there's a matchup that he can exploit, it's going to be this one. It's going to be versus the Cowboys. And he was one of my starts as well. Reed, do you have any others? Uh, my other one is actually J.D. McKissick. I think he's getting back on Absolutely. track. Uh, Carolina, their top five worst uh, running de- or worst defenses against running backs. Uh, JD McKissick, I think Antonio Gibson is still hobbled. And whether it's Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins, even though I don't think Haskins is going to play, they might even go to the backup, the backup. He lost his captain or his captain tag and got fined 50k for violating COVID uh, protocols. Yeah. But JD McKissick, I think, is back to fantasy relevance. You can start him at your flex position. Maybe he has a higher upside for more. 
He had like he had a twenty five point game against uh against Seattle. I don't see anything changing about this with Carolina. I think even if Antonio Gibson is active, he did practice in a limited fashion today, but there's still some expectation that he doesn't give it a go on Sunday. McKissick's floor isn't hit that hard because those receptions out of the backfield, they're always there, Reed. He is one of the most consistent pass-catching running backs, especially in PPR. Very true. He did have a bit of a downtick right before Gibson got injured, so it was really weird. It was once... Gibson got it was once Gibson went down that McKissick got involved and became fantasy relevant again but if you had someone to start from there or I would confidently start JD McKissick at my flex or even my RB2 spot if you had to all right my sits 49ers running backs versus Arizona yeah absolutely Raheem Mostert just got put on IR Major blow to whoever has him. But that uh, that backfield, no matter who goes off, it's very unpredictable. Arizona's actually right outside the top 10 in terms of defending opposing running backs. And you don't know who's going to get the ball. You don't know if it's Jeff Wilson Jr. You don't know if it's... Jared uh, McKinnon. You don't know if it's Jared McKinnon. Jared McKinnon hasn't really been involved as much. Yeah. I, I just would fade that backfield. I think you have to ask yourself, in my championships, in the fantasy football playoffs, am I going to put in Jeff Wilson and hope that he gets a touchdown? I definitely think that this time of year is not about hope. It's about going with your gut, and I don't think Jeff Wilson should be something that your gut's telling you to start. Yeah, definitely. And I actually have a pretty big sit here for my next one. Kareem Hunt versus the Jets. Man. This, this one hits me. I'm a huge Kareem Hunt fan. Big Reem has always been one of the most consistent guys on my fantasy teams. Uh, Reed, I want to hear your reasoning for this. He, he, has not been, he has not been anywhere near as effective as he was earlier in the season ever since Nick Chubb returned. He had six points against the Giants. Although I do consider Baker Mayfield a start, I think the way Baker's now operating, he's able to distribute he's able to distribute the ball more often. Like the reason he was struggling mm-hmm. with Odell was because he was forcing the ball to one wide receiver. And ever since he went out and had that torn ACL, Baker's been able to spread the ball around. And yeah. I this is why you're seeing him look like an actual quarterback. And I, I don't I and I think that also affects Big Green because Big Green, as Max nicknames him. He gets most of his value in the PPR or PPR wise. He's really the main receiving back. And because Nick Chubb is already stealing a bunch of his rushing touches and the ball is being more spread out, I would, I don't know if I'd start him confidently. Definitely. There's a lot of risk, especially in the championships. I don't know many other guys that I feel comfortable starting over him, but if he's your flex, there's definitely a couple wide receivers you can go and pick up off the waiver wire that could replace him. And I'm going to go to my sit. I didn't know if I'd be ever be able to say this the way he's been playing. I'm telling you to sit James Robinson versus the Bears where the eighth-ranked run defense. He's also banged up with an ankle injury, did not practice. He wants to give it a go. And honestly, if he's on the field someday, I don't think he should be in your fantasy lineups, Reed. 
I'd have to disagree. I wouldn't sit him, but I would temper your expectations. You know what? That that phrase has been getting to me. Temper your expectations. Because <laughs> if I'm going to have to temper my expectations, I, I think you're going to gonna have to lower your expectations a little bit with James Robinson. If you're in this last part of the week, which unfortunately I didn't make in either of my leagues. I'm sorry, Reed. That's always tough. Fine. Uh, I mean, the one league I was in the playoffs, the other guy, Derrick Henry. I mean, is there much you can really do there? I don't know. Not at all, Reed. <laughs> Not at all. But if you're at this point in the fantasy playoffs, if you're in championship week, you start your studs no matter what. Now, do I think James Robinson has a horrible matchup and could perform very poorly? Yes, I totally agree with that. But the reality is, is if he's healthy, he's getting 20-plus touches. He's the main focal point of the offense. He's the only consistent part, really. Whether it's a receipt, whether it's PPR, he does have decent PPR value, but whether it's a vulture or whatnot, he can get you 10 to 15 points. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to get the vulture, though, but the thing is, is that, uh, yeah. I don't know if I would, I, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable sitting James Robinson. You never really know. And if you're, at, once again, I say this with importance, if you're at this point in your fantasy season where you're a game, where you're just one game away from hoisting the chip, you do not sit your studs. They are the ones that got you here. They are the ones that, they're the key cornerstones of your fantasy team. I would not sit them. Unless unless you definitively knew that they were out, sort of like Zeke, or they just haven't been performing as well lately, such as Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Or if you also have a good replacement for him who you feel is comfortable going into the lineup and absolutely balling out for you in the championships. Those are the cases that you sit your studs. You agree with me, Reed? Yeah. I mean, realistically, last week I had Zeke Ed Zeke, I had Miles Sanders, and I had Mike Davis, and I put Mike Davis as my RB2 because mm-hmm. he had a better matchup than all of them. Although J.K. Dobbins, I actually forgot I also had J.K. Dobbins, but J.K. Dobbins outperformed all of them, but I wouldn't consider starting him before Mike Tom or Mike Davis. I gotcha. I understand uh, that. So that's the only circumstance where I would consider that. All right, enough about that. Wide receivers. My start, uh, Deontay Johnson versus read my mind, Reed. That's my start. Deontay Johnson versus Indianapolis. He seems to be the only wide receiver that's getting consistent looks from Big Ben. Uh he had he had he has PPR. Not only does he have PPR value, but he's typically he can get a touchdown or whatnot. And I think with considering the way the Colts offense has been playing, they have been putting up points. Phil Rivers is actually on a hot streak. Steelers are going to have to pass the ball again. Now, I did say you have to sit Big Ben, but if there's going to be a beneficiary of it, it's going to be the receivers and specifically mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson. Couldn't have agreed more. Even if it's a bad matchup, the Colts ranked 10th against the uh, fantasy wide receivers, you're still going to start this guy because his target share is absolutely ridiculous. I think he had back-to-back double-digit targets in the past two games. Last game, I know for a fact, he had 13 versus the Bengals. That is ridiculous. 
Big Ben is always looking his way. And you know, you're worried about the drops. All catchable balls thrown his direction were brought in by him completely. No drops last week. It's a big sign for him, Reed. That's a great my other start. It might seem more obvious, but Brandon Ayuk versus Arizona, twenty second. The guy's just been balling out. Oh my God, Reed! He has potentially brought some people to a fantasy championship with his. I lost to a guy. I lost to a guy who started Brandon Ayuk. That's exactly why. Uh, But the guy is CJ Beathard starting. I think so. I mean, I can't. See why Nick Mullins would be starting at this point, Reed. I, I would not understand. He got benched at the end of the game. I didn't know whether that was from injury or poor performance. I think uh, also an important thing to note in Brendan Ayuk's case is that Kittle is back. So his target share may go down, but he I could... think his efficiency will go up. Exactly. And all you got to remember, it's George Kittle. So they're going to have to cover him. It's going to have to happen. So... I would not be worried about Brandon Ayuk. All right, my sits. I have one, another lower your expectation guy Mm. with DK Metcalf versus the Rams. He is going to get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. He only had two catches for 28 yards. Now, DK, as I said again, he's probably one of your sits. He probably got you to the fantasy championship if you're starting him at this point. Yeah. But DK Metcalf, I don't know how well he's going to do against Jalen Ramsey. And also the Seahawks offense hasn't been as effective. They became – ever since Carson has returned, I feel like they became more of a ground-a-pound team. And that's mm-hmm. why they haven't been as efficient offensively. Russ has not been putting up as many stats. But DK Metcalf, I would fade here or even – I, w- I don't know if I'd sit, but definitely lower your expectations. Yeah, uh, my sit, I do like the DK Metcalf pick. I have him as my bust of the week. But my sit is going to be all Panthers wide receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel. Don't start I, any of them. I actually had DJ Moore as my next one. But, yeah, I'd have to agree. Washington football team is top five yeah. in points allowed – uh, to opposing wide receivers. They're very stingy. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to pass on them. They've actually, like, they have played really well. Defense, like, their defense is the only reason why they're probably going to end up winning the NFC East. Yeah. And they're able to be competitive against teams that they shouldn't. Yeah. They should not have only lost by five points against the Seahawks. Yeah. Absolutely. Simply put, sim- uh, the Seahawks are a significantly better team, but that defense, Chase Young, uh, yeah, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they're able to get to the quarterback. And I don't know whether they don't have any shutdown corners in specifics, but yeah. they, I'm guessing they play really good. They play really good zone defense. They don't. They, really they do. limit big plays. And that's what Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore basically do. Read. All of their big fantasy games have come off the big plays. All right. I'm going to move to tight ends. My start, another guy that Max loves, of course, Robert Tunyon versus yes. Titans. Yes. Uh, Titans ranked top 12 worst in 
defense against opposing tight ends. Tunyon, he's very touchdown dependent, but he's been getting looks in the end zone. And he's probably Rodgers' second to third favorite target right now. May I add that he is a five-in-a-row touchdown game streak coming into this game, Reed. And I do see him continuing it, making it six games in a row with a receiving touchdown. Go Robert Tanyan. Always a big fan. And another start I would have is Austin Hooper versus the Jets. The Jets yeah. are the worst against tight ends. Uh, Hooper, he's been very inconsistent, but I think given the right matchup, he can definitely exploit it. As you saw last week, he did pretty well against the Giants, and I don't see that changing against the Jets. I think he's going to get a lot of looks and probably a touchdown. I mean, that's what you're really banking on. A lot of yeah. fantasy tight ends are just banking on the touchdown. All yeah. right, my sits. Oh, that Eric needs to be my start. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it, Reed. Don't ever worry about it. My start's going to be Logan Thomas, who has been on a tear these past couple weeks. He goes up against the Panthers, who rank, I believe, seventh worst against tight ends. I do see him having a nice day. Plug him into your lineups. He's been a big part for you these past couple of weeks. Enjoy it. All right, I'm going to go now to sits. Uh, my first sit, Eric Ebron versus uh, Indianapolis. Eric Ebron did not get a single target last week. I mean, it looked like his soul left. Totally, unav- totally uninvolved. The drops are felt and making him fall out of the game plan. Ever since that, wow. ever since the Steelers' first loss, his stats have just been going down and down. Let me, let me tell you, Reed, I, I agree with you. You also got to remember, this guy injured his back in the game and didn't return for, I'd say, three of the quarters. So that was definitely good. He did get a full practice in today, I was reading. But still, it's a bad matchup versus the Colts. And I don't think he's been as involved since he's been dropping a lot. Yeah, he did get injured. I did for uh, I did forget that detail, but um, he's just been ineffective. I think he's getting faded out of the coach's game plan. And my Absolutely. next one, Evan Ingram versus Baltimore. Baltimore's more or less middle of the pack against them, but I believe what's the status on Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones, they're optimistic, but. I think they want to give him another day of practice tomorrow before they make a decision. Okay, either way, the Giants' offense has been very anemic. Yeah. They're really banking on the run game, and the run game hasn't been effective. Wink Goldman hasn't had a good game since that Seattle game. And because of that, it really hasn't opened up the offense. Colt McCoy is doing the best that he can if he does end up starting, but he's not – He's not doing enough to make any of those receivers or tight ends fantasy relevant. Reed, let me ask you, It's uh, on a non-fantasy football note, do you think Evan Ingram deserved the Pro Bowl spot? No. Do you know who I think he snubbed out, Reed? Tunyon. Yes. Robert Tunyon has 10 touchdowns this season, Reed. 10. Compared to Evan Ingram's one. I would consider Gronk even before Ingram. Absolutely. What has Evan Ingram done? He's dropped balls that could have won games. He I don't know if you saw, but there was a Zoom of him getting the call from one of his coaches about getting the Pro Bowl nom, and he was just in complete shock. Yeah, I, I was like, I was looking at him. I was like, you're shocked. 
Well, look at all of us. We're all wondering how you got here. The fact that he was shocked that he made the Pro Bowl just shows how no one expected him to be in it. He also hasn't been that effective. Thank even you. with Daniel Jones. I, I wouldn't have considered him. You Gosh. have any sets? Yeah, Johnny Smith, who has been on a roller coaster. It feels like every week he's either the love of your life or the saddest thing you've ever met. He's going up against the Packers, who rank fourth uh, best against uh, tight ends. He, I don't see Johnny Smith being a part of the game plan. It's a huge Derrick Henry game. It's one of the worst run defenses. I am sadly playing against Derrick Henry, so that's not going to go well. But also, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis take up way too much of a target share for Johnny Smith to be relevant. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, I'm going to my one of my sleepers or my sleeper of the week. It was actually Max's start at QB, Tua versus Las Vegas. Yeah, I'd have to agree with everything that Max said. I think they're going to try to get Tua really involved and very or really involved more of a passing game plan against the Raiders. Uh, it's right before their playoff run. I like and, it. Yeah, it's right before their playoff run. They need to establish two as a passer. I think they're going to try to do that throughout this game. Um, just able to, and or just able to throw dots to everyone. They're getting their wide receivers back mostly, right? I think Devontae I think Parker's coming. Devontae Parker should be coming back, but I'm going to stop you right there and just go into my sleeper who is a former quarterback that Tua throws to. That's going to be Lynn Bowden, who has had one of the most consistent target shares. He's put, actually put up around 10 fantasy points in the past couple games. And I like this because you can play him at running back or wide receiver in most fantasy leagues. So if you're looking, I don't know, maybe for a safe play, someone that definitely will be able to put up eight points or more, just go get Lynn Bowden. It's a great matchup versus the Raiders. I don't think I've seen a defense this broken since, I don't know, maybe myself playing Madden. It doesn't <laughs> look good. Yep. I'd have to agree. Also, the versatility, putting him at running back or wide receiver, it's very rare in yeah. fantasy leagues. Miles Gaskin is out, right? No, no, he's in. He's healthy, but still, you got to remember, Miles Gaskin just came off the COVID list. So, I, I believe he had COVID, and we've seen people come back and not look like themselves. I'm saying you start Gaskin still, but put in Lynn Bowden somewhere if you really need him. Only if you really need him. That's the way only. I look at it, too. Keyword only. Because there are definitely better options, but a good matchup in a game where it could be very high scoring for one team, Yeah, that being uh, the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Since they're going to want to establish that, uh, Lynn Bowden might even get a touchdown. Absolutely, I agree. All right, my bust of the week. My bust of the week is Kenyon Drake versus the 49ers. The 49ers are uh, ranked six uh, against opposing running backs. Kenyon Drake, he's very dependent. He's very, very touchdown dependent. If he does not get a touchdown, he is completely ineffective because Chase Edmonds racks up all of those catches and receiving yards. 
making him lose PPR value. And I just think he's been less uh, – he's just – as the season wore on, everyone was expecting him to be some sort of R, high in RB2, low in RB1, but what he turned out to be was just a touchdown-dependent RB2. Max? The one phrase I could say to describe Kenyon Drake, who I did have on my fantasy team, he builds you up only to break you down. That's how I feel about Kenyon Drake. He was on a roll the past couple of weeks – he went into a matchup with Philadelphia. What did he do? Reed, he did nothing. 10 it carries for bad. 26 yards. It, was, it, did, it didn't look good. Chase Edmonds has continued to look like the more elusive back, and he's the primary receiving back. That is no question whatsoever. I couldn't disagree with you less, but who's your boss? My boss is going to be DK Metcalf, and we spoke about him a little earlier. Jalen yeah. Ramsey had his number last time, Reed. He had 4.8 fantasy points, one of his worst outputs. I don't see any reason that that's going to change. I don't see a reason for the Rams to put Jalen Ramsey on Tyler Lockett or David Moore. Like, that's going to do something. They're going to put him on DK Metcalf for all the snaps possible, and that's not a good look for DK Metcalf or the rest of this Seahawks offense. Great. Um... All right, now we're going to play a little buy or sell. I'm going to give you certain player player props, and you're going to tell me whether they're going to have whether you buy it or if you sell it. All right, the first one: Drew Brees is going to have three passing touchdowns versus the Vikings. Mm, That's that's interesting. I'm going to go with sell. I say he has two because I definitely think there could be a running touchdown instead of his passing touchdown in there. I'd actually have to buy. I think okay. I think what the Saints are trying to do. Unfortunately, he looked terrible last week, but I think that was a lot of rust. Could be that he's deteriorating. Who knows? But Breeze, I think what the Saints are going to try to do is get Breeze back on track, and there couldn't have been a better matchup for the Saints to have than the Vikings. The Vikings have been very generous in terms of pass defense. And I think you're going to see a lot better week from Breeze. So I'd have to buy this. Max, what are you What are you thinking? I said sell because, I don't know, just watching the way David Montgomery toyed with the Vikings run defense, there's no reason that Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray can't do the same thing. And that's where Drew Brees could lose a touchdown. I see that, but... I think they're also going to try to want to uh, get him involved, get him some momentum before I the postseason run. They're definitely going to want to throw the ball, but I think ultimately their goal is tomorrow is you know to make Bree- have Breeze uh, play well, but also to win. It's a big game for the Saints. It may not seem like it, but it's huge towards them clinching uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Right? They have to hope the Packers lose. You. Exactly. But yes. Um. All right. My next one: Justin Jefferson will have a hundred yards versus Saints. I'm gonna go with sell. I don't like him versus Marshawn Lattimore. He's still a young guy. Marshawn Lattimore has been playing for a while. If he gets another cornerback, I would say buy. But I don't see a reason that the Saints wouldn't put Marshawn Lattimore on Justin Jefferson. I think I'm going to have to buy. 
It's not even about Marshawn Lattimore. It's about the fact that the Vikings might be in garbage time. I got it. And he might get one of those long passing touchdowns. I think the Saints, they did play really, really well. The box score doesn't say it because they let up 32 points, but they played really well against the Chiefs. They definitely played well against Tyreek Hill, in my opinion. He was, he, he was held to 55 yards. He had a touchdown, though. But it wasn't like one of those explosive games where he was running down the field. But if you look at the Vikings, they're definitely garbage time kings. And I could just – I just see it. Just, Justin Jefferson is getting enough volume to be productive in that fashion. But it's also like he's a big play threat. Any given play, he could go for a touchdown. Absolutely. Not even a question. All right. Mike Evans will have two touchdowns versus the Lions. Sell, 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 sell. There are too many people in the Buccaneers passing games. You have Antonio Brown. You have Chris Godwin. You have Gronk as well. I don't see a reason that Mike Evans will go out there and get two touchdowns. I'd be concerned with him getting one because you don't know who the guy's going to be. You don't know who the guy's going to be. You don't know who's going to be either. I mean, AB got his first touchdown last week. It's really crapshoot. Had one last week. It's really a crapshoot if you had to ask me. Yeah. All right. Here's an interesting one. Stefan Diggs will have eight catches versus the Patriots. Ooh. Ah. Um, that's tough. I'm gonna go with. You want me? Because Stefan Gilmore is no longer playing this season. J.C. Jackson is a great cornerback. But Stefan Gilmore is a rare talent, Reed. I see Stefan Stephon Diggs. Definitely. Oh. Um, you know, in the first game, he had six catches. But I think the Bills are rolling right now. So I'm going to have to buy two. Even, I don't I think do, it's crazy. There's definitely a chance he just does get eight catches. Maybe not even more. But still, that's what you're worried. That's what you're. He's getting way too much volume, and he's been way too productive with it. I just I wouldn't bet against Stephon Diggs. From what I saw last week, his reception total, his reception over under, the receptions over has been thirteen and one this season. Oh my god! And I don't see that changing. Absolutely. All right, my next one is quarterback Josh Allen will have two hundred seventy five passing yards versus the Patriots. Hmm. I'm personally, gonna... for me, personally, for me, I'm going to have to sell on that. Same. I agree, Reed. And you looked at the way he played last time against the Patriots. He was fine, but nothing special. And I don't see a reason that the Bills are going to need to throw the ball late in the game. The, this Patriots offense has not been great whatsoever. Uh, I mean, it's not even that. It's just like the thought of Belichick. For some odd reason, Belichick has, like, his divisional opponent's number. He didn't play well against Tua, so that might be some op- optimism for Allen. But to your point, I don't know how much Josh Allen's going to be asked to do. Uh, and to some degree, the Patriots do have his number. He's always had his worst games against them. Absolutely. Like, I could see him getting 200, 215 passing yards. I don't know if he's going to border around 300. Somewhere around there. And my last one, Austin Eckler will have 60 rushing yards versus the Broncos. Yeah. I'm going to have to buy that, too. 
Me too. Awesome it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game. Herbert's been fantastic. Obviously, he's going to have a lot of PPR value, but I think it's getting a little underlooked how he's being used in the rushing game. He's actually getting like 10, 12 touches. Yeah. 10, 12 carries. Uh, I think just because of game script alone, like last time, obviously, the Broncos faced the Chargers. They came back from a 21-point deficit. Yes. But if that, if that's indicative of anything, and if you see the way the Chargers play, I think they're going to be within the game. They're going to be able to run the ball if they have to. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna buy that. All right. So that's it for the fantasy aspect of it. Now we're going to go to actual games. Let's do it. All right, so Max, if you want to interrupt um, with your picks or if you disagree with something, just let me know. But all right, here's my uh, week 16 picks. The Saints minus four in the first half versus the Vikings. Saints. Okay, I like that. I like that. I do think the Saints could be coming out firing tomorrow, Reed. And have a great I think they time. could be coming out firing tomorrow. They could also run the ball and dominate time of possession, as you were saying. Yes. Um, I also think the Saints' defense is just unreal. That's why I was a little. That's why when I when we were talking about Justin Jefferson, I was a little confused. But then again, I thought like. Either way, I think the Saints are going to be able to have their number the first half, and as a better, puts you less stress. Less stress for that backdoor cover. Yes. That is a great fear in gambling. The minus seven spread, who knows? They could get a last-minute touchdown, and it ends up being like 28-24, and the Vikings just barely cover. Absolutely. I got you. I understand that. All right. My next one, Rams plus one versus the Seahawks. Absolutely. I think – I don't know how the Rams aren't favored in this game, the way they played last time. I think with the Rams, you always have to bet on that team that has an embarrassing loss the week before because typically the week after, they come back stronger as ever. And I see it no different here. Sean McVay, it's also a familiar division opponent. I think Sean McVay is going to work up some tricks against uh, division rival Pete Carroll. Uh, Once again, they have Jalen Ramsey to shut down DK Metcalf. And they had the best defensive player in all of football, Aaron Donald, who's going to be able to disrupt that entire Seattle defense, offensive line. He's going to be able to get pressure on Russell Wilson and also create opportunities for other Rams players to garner pressure on him. I don't – I think the Rams are going to win outright. So if you feel confident, even put it on the money line. Absolutely. All right, my next pick – Titans plus three and a half versus the Packers. If, look, if I were being cautioned, I'd buy half a point, maybe a point, get it to four, four and a half. This is what I'm thinking. Titans are going to run all over the Packers. It's their one main weakness as a team. I think this will be an offensive shootout, but if they're able to control time of possession, Aaron Rodgers is not going to get as many opportunities. I understand that, but there's something about Aaron Rodgers right now that 
doesn't seem like anything I want to bet against. Not whatsoever. And the Tennessee defense, read, they've been quite terrible. They did not play well versus the Lions at all last week. And now they're going up against Aaron Rodgers. I expect a big game from that offense. And I'm not saying the defense. You mean they had a bad game against the Lions? They covered. They had a they covered, but still the defense did not look good whatsoever. Reed, not wrong there. I mean, typically with the Packers' losses, I mean, if you think about the way they beat them, I also think the Packers just, in general, they struggle with uh, outer conference opponents. They only won by four against Jacksonville. They lost the Colts off of two, two touchdown leads. They blew. They had a blowout against the Texans, but that came after a week against an embarrassing loss uh, against the Bucks. And the Texans were still trying to figure things out. Yeah. They had just fired Bill O'Brien. I don't know. I just see it no different here. And the Titans have the right game plan against the Packers, which is just to run the ball. Bucks destroyed the Packers earlier this season because they were able to run the ball. Naheem Hines had a huge game when the Colts beat them. And who's the other team they lost? Oh, they lost to the Vikings. Dalvin Cook had one of those MVP performances. Yeah. It's the one formula to beat the Packers. If you're going to let them have a big game offensively, then that's that's really how you lose the Pack. Or if you're not just running the ball effectively, really putting it into your running back's hands, that is when you lose the Packers. Uh That is how the Panthers were in last week's game. Yeah. Mike Davis wasn't as effective, so he wasn't able to, they weren't able to control time of possession as well. But they had a legit chance of coming back in that game. They only allowed three points in the second half. And the Panthers, who knows? What if Teddy Bridgewater didn't fumble? Uh, at the goal line. Could have been a completely different ball game. I love playing the hypothetical game. It's always such a fun thing to do. But, Reed, who is your next pick? The over on the Colts-Steelers game, 44-and-a-half. I yep. think the number is pretty low. But the Steelers have been pretty weak so far in terms mm-hmm. of their defense. They just allowed a Cincinnati team without Joe Burrow. And they're throwing to a bunch of different parts. T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd's not really being used as well. A.J. Green's kind of washed. Giovanni Bernard, their running back. Joe Mixon isn't even playing. Don't sleep on Gio, Reed. Don't sleep on him. I acquired him because of that earlier in the season when Joe Mixon was first out. But I do believe with the Colts, they're able. They're going to be able to go down the field and score on the Steelers team. The Steelers, the Steelers are not as scary as they used to be earlier in the season. I think they hit their peak around week seven, week eight, and now they're just down, trending downward. And as I said, Steelers' run game hasn't been effective at all. They're going to have to pass the ball in order to uh, keep up with the Colts. I think this is going to result in a few touchdowns from Big Ben. Yeah. We were able to put up 17. This is also – I just like the number, 44 and a half. You're not asking too much. Not at all. Not barely anything, could, in my opinion. It, you could just ask for, um, I don't know, like Colts put up like 25 and the Steelers put um, 20. You yeah. don't even need like a 30-point game from either. Typically when it's around the 50s, that's when you're starting to ask your 
your player or ask the teams, okay, I need you to put up 30 points at the very least. That's a dangerous game to play. Exactly. And my last pick, me and Max had a little disagreement about this before we got on, but I like the Jaguars plus seven and a half versus the Bears. Uh, Reed, I love you, man, but I don't know how. Like, oh, this, this one gets The reason me. I say this, okay, the Bears are getting hot at the right time, but if, if I use things logically, the Bears have struggled against AFC uh, South opponents. They lost the Titans. They lost the Colts. Um, time out, time out. Reed, those were two good teams. They absolutely destroyed the Texans. Destroyed. They won 33-7. to are we saying the Jaguars are on the same level as Houston? Well, you're not wrong, but then again, Deshaun Watson had none of his wide receivers available. He's thrown to Chad Hansen. You ever heard of that guy? I, I thought at first it was a descendant of Scott Hansen from Red Zone, but <laughs> I learned that's no longer true. Yep. But I don't know why. I think this is why I wouldn't – Bet against James Robinson. Aren't they going back to Minshew Mania too? Minshew Mania is great, but it's still a decent Bears defense. Read. I think they could. I I think they could. I think the the Bears have been very hot as of late, but I think they're fooling everyone. Mitchell Trubisky is going to throw a pick or two, and look, it's plus seven and a half. They don't have to win the game. They just have to cover. And it could be a one-possession game. Mm, Reed, I'm not with you today, man. I'm not feeling that. I have the Bears minus seven and a half just because their offense looks better. Their defense is actually benefiting from their offense because it's not every time they get off the field and they have to go back on. It just looks like a, a much better football team right now. And I think they're definitely getting a lot of heat for no reason. A lot of people are telling them it's a trap game versus the Jaguars. I think the monsters of the midway are going to go out there and ball, win by double digits. I'm going to make that a max guarantee, Reed. Who's your other max guarantee? I don't, like, I don't like talking about teams in my division. I'm a Giants fan. I'm going to go with the Eagles minus two and a half. Jalen Hurts has inspired me to believe in the Eagles offense again. And that's coming from a Giants fan, Reed. He has been on a tear. The defense, they'll always have their issues. That will always be a problem. But you got to remember, they're playing Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, he's respectable, great guy, but he's not Dak Prescott. He's not someone you're going to be afraid of. I love the Eagles minus two and a half. Now, the thing is, is that the Cowboys have been playing better as of recently. Their defense was able to get a few turnovers. But, but, but. I do see, I do see your point, though. Jalen Hurts is significantly better than a lot of the quarterbacks they've recently faced. I was gonna, are, are we gonna pretend like Nick Mullins was a challenging matchup for the Dallas Cowboys, Reed? Nope, nope, not at all. Exactly. All right. Now I want to move to the big games tomorrow for Christmas, the NBA's first showcase match. I just want to say, Reed. I don't like disagreeing with you whatsoever. It honestly ruins my day. I like when we're on the same page. It's so much easier. So much better. Mm, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right. 
as uh, as I wanted to get back on track, it's the NBA's biggest showcase today, or tomorrow. If you're listening to the podcast today, it'll be Christmas probably, or tomorrow, in terms of us recording right now. Uh, a lot of good Christmas games I like. Oh, I'm going to give you some locks. Look, if there's something I learned earlier this week, it's hard to bet NBA. You really don't know who's going to be putting in effort, who's going to be playing defense. really comes down sometimes to who shoots the three ball better. Yeah. So you might want to choose those teams over them or whatnot. And if they're cold, they're cold. And then that's kind of an issue. But here's who I like for tomorrow. I have two I have two over-unders, two first half bets, and one full game bet. Let's hear it. My first one, under 223 and a half, Pelicans versus Heat. Love it. I don't know why, but I think these are two I think the Pelicans got significantly better on defense this offseason. Look, they replaced uh, they replaced uh, Drew Holiday with Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is still a phenomenal perimeter defender. He's yeah. not the same lockdown defender that Drew Holiday is, but he does get the job done. They, With him and Lonzo, they form one of the best defensive backcourts mm-hmm. in the NBA. And not to mention that, they also acquired Steven Adams in the offseason. Adams is a very solid rim protector. Uh, I don't think Bam is going to have as big of an offensive output in terms of scoring. He's going to be more of a distributor this game. And on the other side, the Heat pride themselves on defense. Now, they just lost the game against the Magic, which was kind of unexpected. I thought that the Heat were going to win. But I think the Heat, they're going to stick true to what they call for, and that is defense, defense, defense. Bam did not get – what? And one more defense. And defense. And defense. Bam, unreal defender. There's a reason why he was all NBA first defensive team. Jimmy Buckets, he's going to guard Brandon Ingram. That's going to slow him down. He's going to shut him down for the most part. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Heat have an exquisite game plan for Zion. Big words. I like it. Uh, And I just don't think... I mean, look, I was scared. Uh, I think the Pelicans are better than people are giving them credit. That's why I'm afraid to actually bet on the spread. But I would take the under because both teams are going to contain each other defensively, I believe. All right. I like it. My next one, Bucks minus six in the first half versus the Warriors. Look, the spread's 10. I don't know if they're going to cover 10. You can always get hit with a bad backdoor cover. I think the Bucks. As bad as the Warriors looked last, as bad as the Warriors looked against the Nets uh, on opening night, I think the Bucks are really mad about their loss against the Celtics. I agree. And they have the right. They have the right pieces to defend a team like the Warriors. Obviously, they're the better rebounding team, which is something that the Warriors were obviously struggling with last game. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Draymond's going to be out there or whatnot. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't heard anything with Draymond either, but. He did sit out opening night. I don't know if that's really going to change anything. Yeah. But I do believe that Giannis is going to go off uh, in the first half. 
once again, they, uh, we're talking about uh, last pick. I talked about the swap with Drew Holiday and Eric mm-hmm. Bledsoe. Now they have Drew Holiday. They're going to put him on Steph Curry. Who's going to score for them? They're one of the best. They are a really good regular season team. And the reason why is they play really good defense. They have basically the shack of our generation, Giannis. Oh. I would believe to some extent he would be. He just needs his good counter his good guard counterpart, whether that would be yeah. James Harden or or Luka Doncic or another guard or something like that. But Giannis, he was defensive player of the year for a reason. He's going to be able to shut down their front court players. James Wiseman is also going to be overwhelmed, I believe, too. I like it. All right, my next pick. Celtics yep. plus one in the first half against versus the Nets. I think that Celtics are going to be able to get to a hot start in the first half. Um, I think that win last night against the Bucks was very impressive. Jason Tatum's really coming into his own this season, or I believe he will this season, as if he wasn't already. I'd agree even more so. And I believe that if the – I think the Nets are probably going to win this game, but if they're going to win this game, it's because of second half adjustments. Brad Stevens is going to have a first half where typically from what I remember last season, the Celtics typically get off the hot starts and Brad Stevens, I think is going to corral game plan. He's one of the best NBA coaches. He's going to figure out a way to defend both KD and Kyrie. But I do believe at the end, the stars will prevail. I don't know if the Nets cover though. I I definitely think it's important to bring up the Celtics won the half by five points last week against the uh, last game against the Bucs. So, Reed, I definitely like this plus one at the second half. First half, you mean? First half. Sorry, that's what I meant. But I I do like that. All right. My next one, interrupt me if you have any, obviously, but the over over 227.5 total points. Mavericks versus Lakers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Luca, I think he's going to go off tonight. He, or he's going to go off Christmas Day. It only makes sense. He had a bad loss against the Suns. I don't yeah. know what to really make of that, but I do believe they're going to have an offensive explosion. This is very early in the season. The Lakers are a little – they looked a little, little fatigued from that finals run because they only had a two – they only had a two-month off season. Yeah, realistically, they played the last game, the regular. They played the last game of last year's season, which wasn't, which was only two months ago. Yep. Crazy to think, but I think because of that, it's going to really benefit the Lakers. Or it's really going to benefit the Mavericks being able to put up points. Uh, I also believe with the Lakers, uh, they're. Uh, they acquired a lot of pieces. They're going to be able to score. The Mavericks defense, yeah. I also think, hasn't been configured. KP's sitting out, but I, I think that's more of a defensive liability than an offensive liability. Yeah, and that's why I, you speak about the offensive scoring. I got the Lakers minus six because I think at the end of the game, you're going to see those gaps in the Mavericks defense kind of all show, and the Lakers are going to build a lead that I think will be more than six points. Fair enough. And my last pick, Clippers minus two and a half versus the Nuggets. I believe, as evident with last week's uh, 
uh, opening night scheme. I think the Clippers are going to take these regular season big spots very seriously. They did beat the Lakers impressively. I'll give them credit to that. I don't believe this changes against the Nuggets. Clippers are very mad about how they exited last uh, two months ago to the Nuggets. I think they want to win this game. They want to prove the doubters wrong. Should be a good game, right? It should be a good game, but I don't – and I believe – and another thing with the Nuggets that I don't think is being – I think is being a little undervalued is the departure of Jeremy Grant. Yeah. I believe they got a really good – a stretch forward that could guard multiple positions or they lost that to the Pistons, a guy who can guard multiple positions, very good switch guy on the pick and roll. He can occasionally hit three pointers and you place him with Michael Porter Jr. Who's a better offensive scorer, obviously, but he's not nearly the same defender. Yeah. Uh, I got one more pick. I know Reed, you're de- I don't think you're going to like this one. I got the Heat minus two and a half tomorrow versus the Pelicans. We spoke about this a little, didn't we? What do you think? The Heat minus two and a half. I mean, personally, I would play it safe and go with the money line, but I do think they will end up. I I just think the under is a better pick than the Heat covering on a spread, but I do think the Heat win tomorrow because they're the better. I think they're the better coach team and they're the more talented team with more depth. I yeah. don't uh and they have the right they have the right matchups. Brandon Ingram's an amazing scorer. You put Jimmy Buckets on him. That's true. Oh, Zion's amazing. He's six six. You can just put Bam out of bio on him and he basically shut down. It really seems oh, like yeah. it's gonna be a defensive battle read. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I think the way the Heat won last, the way the Heat won in the bubble was gritty defensive games, low scoring, and I believe the same is going to be possible in this. Teams actually do try on a game like this. You talk about the NBA season, the grind. It's only the second game of the year, but really people are trying to preserve their energy for the postseason or later in the season. And although it is very early in the season, and you wouldn't be thinking about these things as relevantly. Uh, they do come in to play a factor. But it's really games like this, the Christmas Day game, the Martin Luther King Day games, where the players really go try hard and they want to put forth their best effort. Yeah, I mean, some of these teams, um, well, most of the teams are going to get nationally televised games. But still, it's really an honor to play on Christmas Day. It's kind of like how NFL players feel honored to play on Thanksgiving. It's a huge thing that if you're in a Christmas Day game, you're going to go out there and give everything you got, and that makes for some really great basketball games. Exactly. Uh, well, I don't have much else to say, Max. Was- uh, no, but before we close out, I just want to say, Reed, it was great being here. I love this podcast. Such a good time today. Um. All right. Well, that's it. Follow at For the Win Podcast. Follow at Max.Benjamin. Am I right? <laughs> Max Benjamin underscore, but you're all good. I appreciate the all shout right. out for the For the Win Podcast, though, Reed. Follow those two accounts. Max, it was definitely a pleasure having you. This is Lucky and Slocks. 
hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. Absolutely. Happy holidays. And we'll see you again sometime soon.